Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, this is But Am I Wrong, our podcast. We're back. We're in person. And I keep like looking to like my computer as if we're on Zoom so I can like see what we look like. <laughs> and I can't. Well, you can look here. Yeah, we have like a small like mini monitor that, you know, but this is so. Yeah, no, we, we, we haven't, haven't done been this. <laughs> we're talking over each other like oh, it's no. Zoom. <laughs> we haven't done this in. Was it Christmas? Like before Christmas? I have no concept of time. I don't know. That's like the great thing about ADHD is zero concept of mm. time. And so therefore, like I don't really miss people, which sounds bad. But I'm just like, I just saw you. I mean, yeah, I feel like I see yeah. you all the time. I've seen you since then. I just don't know if we've recorded since Oh, then. yeah. I don't know. Wild. Absolutely wild. Yeah. But today's a big day, too. But if you want to know why today's a big day listen to our other podcast don't blame me i will also be listening to our other podcast Uh don't blame me because i don't know why it's a big day it's a really big day okay (laughs) wow let's learn how to ride a bike (laughs) i've known how to ride a bike since i was seven oh okay wow flex fucking flex i had a very hard time learning how to ride a bike i don't know if i still know how but one of my favorite tiktokers maite she just learned how to ride a bike for the first time because there's like programs in new york city for adults to learn and me cue me in my bed sobbing at these videos because it's just pure joy just like the smile on her face I was like oh my god I want to ride a bike a bike through Central Park like this is just uh yeah but also your knees kind of turn in so that seems like that would be it has historically always been an issue for me yeah so. it's a little clankety mm-hmm. I am knobby I am a knobby I am like Dobby if you stretch Dobby out <laughs> so my head's not that big yeah I mean we're all built for different things yeah, I'm built for laying down. And getting things off top shelves. Uh-huh. And looking nice. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm beautiful. here for. Thank you. I tried. I, I did try. Well, anyways, this is... But am I wrong? But am I wrong? I did forget the name of our podcast for a second. That's fine. Um, And we are going to do exactly like the title says. We're going to tell you if you're wrong, tell each other if we're wrong, and then tell the world <laughs> when the world is wrong. And the best part is you get to vote on if you agree with us. Oh, no, it's, you don't, that's, you're voting if you think the, like people, who's wrong in each situation. But yeah, I would like to know if you do agree with us. Yeah. Should we review what was wrong in the last episode? Yes. Also, I want to say for people voting, you only have 24 hours to vote. So if you're outside that window, sorry. Yeah, you're voting just for yourself at that point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I don't think it, it doesn't count towards it, which... That's fine. But, you know, if you want it to count, we would prefer if you voted within the first 24 hours. All right. Episode 31. First up is me. 2% said I was wrong and 98% said that I was not wrong. 
One person wrote you, in. Wait, you didn't say what it was you versus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you said me. <laughs> me, <laughs> just in life. Two percent said I was wrong. <laughs> I thought you were just forming the sentence. No. So I was waiting. I was like, oh, no, I no, think she's moving I past it. <laughs> fully missed it. Uh, the first up, uh, me, fireworks. I have, I have a lot of strong feelings about fireworks. I think one of our constructive criticisms is that we don't share opposite opinions on topics. <laughs> So this person said that they live in an area where fireworks only go off three times within like within three days of the 4th of July. And so it doesn't bother them. So then they voted that I was wrong. And I just want to say that I gave a plethora of reasons, including pollutants Mm -hmm. and how it affects people with you brought up Mm -hmm. people that have ptsd how it affects pets Mm -hmm. just because something doesn't directly affect you doesn't mean that you can't be empathetic towards it and also like as we say all the time if it doesn't apply let it fly Mm -hmm. just don't vote yeah like you heard like oh wow yeah if i i enjoy how fireworks happen where i live but if it happened like that i totally understand but it's like, but ours doesn't happen three days. It right. happens constantly. Mm-hmm. That's the and the issue. majority of people that wrote in said the same thing. Yeah. So it's it's not about like conceptually. Sometimes it is. Sure, when us versus big milk versus right. printers, like that is like we are taking <laughs> we are taking out institutions, and it does apply to everybody. And if you're like, I don't agree, totally fine. But when it comes to like, you know, disputing like facts because it doesn't that hasn't been your personal experience it doesn't work when we're doing it based on personal experience. Why should I care about abortion rights when I live in a state that is all for women's rights? Dude, Why should I care? The posts of people being like feeling guilty, but feeling really relieved that I live in a blue state. I'm like, oh my God. That's like someone being like, my parent died. And they're like, I'm really, really, really happy that both my parents are alive. Exactly. It's like, oh my God. It's like, oh, I have cancer. In this moment, I'm feeling really appreciative that I don't have cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, it's just so fucking uncomfy. But we will get into that. Just a little preview for later. <laughs> I'm already getting heated. <laughs> then we have me versus people correcting spelling slash grammar. 2% said I was wrong and 98% said I was not wrong. And I got a lot of write-ins from people from like all sides who were like, I definitely do this and like didn't realize like why this was ableist. Like, thank you. This is really like helpful. And then a lot of people who were like, I never understood why it pissed me off so much when people like did this to me or like felt very validated. But my favorite ones are from teachers who are like spelling is so fucking irrelevant and like so is not an indicator of like how smart someone is. And like it's so easy and like, you know, changing things in the system. So to give a one of someone that doesn't agree. Oh, fucking God. They said that they Is this the mountain biking bitch? I don't know. But they said that they work as a copy editor and they have an innate feeling within them to just correct people all the time. And I would like to counter that and say, just because you make excuses for your (laughs) ableism does not make it not ableism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we had other people who were like, yeah, I work for a publisher. And why the fuck would I work on my like off the clock? Like it's irrelevant to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you, like, truly cannot help yourself from, like, correcting people, that is, and despite when people are like, hey, this is really harmful and ableist, and you're like, sorry, that to me, I'm like, you should talk to somebody. That seems like a a bigger problem Mm -hmm. for you, specifically. (sighs) All right, then we've got writer number one versus Lillian Page, who are mad that the writer is hooking up with Steve. 
who's wrong. 78% said that Lily was wrong. 19% said Paige was wrong. And 2% said the writer was wrong. Who did we say was wrong? I thought we said Paige was wrong. I said both of them were wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Lily was first. So that's probably why people clicked that one first. But I mean, writer number two, uh, who's mad that they can't go on a friend trip. 79% said writer is wrong. 21% said friend slash boyfriend are wrong. They sent a message. I don't know if I found it because my screenshots right now um, (laughs) are just shady receipts. I did screenshot it as well. Hey guys, so I was the person who was uninvited to my friend's trip from the most recent episode. Thank you for the tough love. I do think I needed to hear it from people I really trust. I have trouble admitting when I'm in the wrong a lot of the time, but you've literally never been wrong. So by process of elimination, I am wrong. I was so excited to be included in this episode, by the way. Love the show. So sweet. And it's true. We have never been wrong. I've aced every test I've ever taken, literally and figuratively. (laughs) Writer number three versus boyfriend's parents that want to stay with the writer and boyfriend at their tight apartment. Who's wrong? 1% said the writer is wrong. 99% said the boyfriend's parents are wrong. Someone did bring up, like, culturally, it could be, you know, offensive, which... Doesn't make it any less, you know... Uh, of a like struggle like mm-hmm. feeling like oh god this is a stressful situation but yeah that it like uh in an awkward can't get out of it kind of way because mm-hmm. it'd be really disrespectful a lot of people also responded and said that been through this exact thing one person said that they got a call from like their boyfriend's family that they were like 20 minutes out mm-hmm. and they showed up to their house it was like completely like messy trash and then they spent the night there and they didn't have a second bedroom so they like the couple had to sleep on a couch I was like, what? Who is that even fun for the parents? You know? No, but parents still think of people as children. Yeah. But element of surprise, like, I don't want to stay in a dirty Me either. <laughs> it's gross. I'm thinking about sleeping in a bed that your I children know. have fucked in. And they haven't even had time to wash the sheets because yeah. you didn't prep them. Ugh. I'm just like, you did this to yourself. Okay, then we have writer number four versus in-laws who said that another family member was brought down because of the writer's mental health. And in... Ugh, something we love to see. We have 100% said the in-laws are wrong and 0%, zero votes said the writer is wrong. Great. So this is how I know y'all can like pay attention and not vote wrong. Mm -hmm. There's some specific ones. They're like, oop, I don't want to get blocked for this. Right. Oh, and then we have part two of this. The writer wants to cut the in-laws out of her life, but wants her daughter to have a relationship with her grandparents. What should she do? 94% said cut them out and 6% said don't cut them out. I didn't see anyone write in for their reasoning for that. Me neither. All right. Then we've got wrong of the week, James Patterson, who is wrong. 98% said James is wrong. 2% said James is not wrong. Someone wrote in and said um, they were sad because like one of these, there's a book that they really enjoy that he wrote. And I said, go check to see if he actually wrote it. They checked. He did not write the book so they can continue to enjoy the book yeah like that's like the great thing about him being problematic <laughs> is like he actually like you're not giving up any catalogs or like work that you love mm-hmm. like you're actually getting an opportunity to discover someone who potentially is a really great person who has written a lot of other mm-hmm. wonderful things it was a woman that wrote the yeah. one that they enjoyed so checks out okay and then we have my wrong of the week i nominated deep hollow ranch and the treatment of remy bader one percent said remy is wrong and then 99 percent said deep hollow ranch is wrong some people some people just didn't know who Remy was. And so they thought 
Remy was the son, the person who said like that stuff. And I was like, oh, no. So did they not listen to the episode? I don't know. Maybe got a little confused. But we like when you message and you let us know that you're like, oh, I I did an oopsie. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. We also have an update from a previous episode, which is an update I feel like a lot of people have been waiting on. This is from episode 30. The title of that episode was Boyfriend's Issue with Sierra. But this is the writer that wrote in about their friend that had recently Mm -hmm. turned 18 and had been groomed by their cousin. Mm -hmm. And so they said, currently listening to this week's episode, and you guys asked me to write back in for more details. I work better with bullets, so I have general topics listed below for ease. One, I didn't know they were going to press charges after Cam left for Ireland at the time they were visiting me. They did not share that information with me on hours and hours of calls. Mm. Number two, stopping the wedding was put on me because her mom and siblings were at a theme park and turned their phones off saying, Brittany Brittany is handling it. I think this is where my frustration comes from. Understandable. Three, I would never warn her about them pressing charges. I was thinking of talking to Cam about how she crossed my boundaries that I clearly set. The hard part about doing charges at the time was Cam and Frank would run away without her car or phone and we couldn't find her. She would also have to speak against him, which she told everyone she wouldn't do. I'm sure I'm missing something. It's just very overwhelming and scary, the situation, especially at the time I was in my home in Colorado and her parents were three states away. This is what also limits me being able to take Cam out while someone Mm -hmm. calls the cops on Frank. Frank also wouldn't let me get Cam alone while we were at my house, no matter how hard I tried. Sorry, I couldn't fit all the information in the original write-in. Hopefully this helps, but let me know if you need more. Oh, this sucks. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously it sucked the first time, but I'm also sorry for assuming that you meant my what were my gut reaction was that warning cam. I'm glad that that wasn't the case, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope that Cam gets the help that she needs and I hope that Frank burns in hell. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever fucking hell is. Mhm. Idaho, Iowa. A jail cell. <laughs> I'm like in a literal pit of in a literal pit of fire in someone's backyard. Like he's you know, things happen. Accidents, accidents happen. What can you do? What, what can you do? Nothing. Except not groom um your cousin. Mm-hmm. Now it's time for But Am I Wrong? And this is where Megan and I present things that are happening either in our lives or hot takes. And then you people listening vote on who's wrong mm-hmm. okay so like we hinted at the beginning of the episode this, <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of abortion roe v wade talk in this and i cannot imagine anybody would be surprised like i think it's a given so i do want to give like a precursor that for my but am i wrong in the terms of like what is important in like the hierarchy of the state of the world. This is not number one. This segment just happens to come first in the episode. So this is not where like all of my brain power and like energy is directed towards. It's just the format of the show. Mm -hmm. So I've been on TikTok obviously for a, a good chunk of time now and seeing people either speak out about, uh, Roe v. Wade or not has not been something that is really across 
my For You page too much just because I, or even my following list, I don't follow too many like influencers or people like that on TikTok. So most of my For You page is videos from people I've never seen before and are talking about this. But this one came up from this uh, girl who's a hairstylist who I've seen before, who I don't follow, but I've seen her content. And she made a video about why she was not going to make a video about her thoughts on Roe v. Wade after she said that she had been repeatedly asked by her followers where she stood on it. And so in her video about how she doesn't have the words, where she said a lot of words, she shared a post from Jackie Hill Perry. Just a little snippet of Jackie Hill Perry's post is, the amount of quote-unquote social pressure to add commentary to every current event is interesting. It's as if we believe the post is primary proof of one's theological and sociopolitical position. To me, sometimes it seems that certain quote-unquote hot takes are less about the event itself and more about how one's response to said event categorizes them. A social media post becomes a tribal marker, a gang sign, an anthem for which side you represent. Her post becomes a tap dance, an act for all these strangers, keep on dancing, blah, 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 blah. And from the first sentence of that post, I can, I I know where that original creator stands. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easy to know. And Jackie Hill Perry was a name that I was like, I, I know this name. This name is familiar. And this profile picture looks familiar. So then I did my little googly doos, as I do. Big Google fan here. And... My suspicions were correct. This person did like a whole collab series with Girl Defined, like the wildly evangelical alt-right to blonde girls who are like, we didn't kiss our husbands until our wedding day because God would shoot you down from hell. Like they're like, like they hate everyone. Like absolutely everyone. I have no clue who these people are. And I don't want to know. You don't, but I will say that their videos have made for some fantastic commentary videos. Trixie Mattel did a video about, they did a video how to wear makeup in a God-honoring way. And Trixie Mattel, like, did a reaction, like, response video. Like, okay, how do I wear makeup in a God-honoring way? And it was very fucking funny. Okay. So it gives a lot of ammo to, like, comedians, but, like, very dangerous rhetoric. And so they did, like, they've, like, collabed. Like, they, that's, she, they've platformed her, she's platformed them. And she did wrote a book called Gay Girl, Good God. And she brands herself as being an ex-gay, quote-unquote ex-gay, her words, and that being gay is a choice. You are not born gay, and it is a lifestyle. And so then I commented on this uh, girl's post who platformed this other girl, which she, like, did in the tags, like, thank you so much, Jackie, for this post, like, summed up exactly, like, this was, this post was so great. And I stitched the video and I said exactly that. This woman is an quote unquote ex-gay who does not support gay rights, thinks being gay is a choice. I don't know if this is who you want to align yourself with. Or maybe it is. Maybe that's exactly like, you know what you're doing. And she responded, the original creator responded and said, didn't know this about her. Like many others, I was crediting the account because the words were what I aligned with. As someone with a lot of trauma around this topic in a large platform, it is uncomfortable to be in the situation. As I posted, I am pro-choice, pro-women. I am doing what I need to be doing and have them within the walls of my house. For context, she responded to a comment and said that she was pro-choice. Not in the video, not in the description of the video, like the entire video is about how she like doesn't have to make a stand or like doesn't have to say anything. But then commented that and then everybody responded to the comment being like, this makes no, why are you burying this? Also, why would, if you're going to quote or she quoted or she re... She read the post. Read the post. 
if you're going to read somebody's post, why don't you do research on who that person is? So that's exactly what I said. So I said, A, you should Google people before you publicly align yourself with their views and platform them. B, life is uncomfortable. You posted you were pro-choice in a comment. Nobody needs a dissertation on your views just to know where you stand. C, undoubtedly your house has less reach than your platform and your audience who has supported you. Your public views should match your private ones. It could have literally been a 15 second video. I'm staunchly pro-choice and I'll be turning the comments off because forced birth comments don't need a platform. She responded, okay, okay, i.e. heart. All right. All right. All right. And then people are responding saying, Taylor, Oki is not a, I can't, Oki is not a sufficient response. You're disappointing so many of us with this. Shame on you. And a bunch of fucking influencers commented on like her post. She lost uh, a lot of followers and she, I, I think like, so this is 17 hours ago when I posted that video as the time we're recording this. And 16 hours ago is when she commented and she didn't delete the video until about two or three hours ago. Is this your video here? Yeah. Can you put Stitch and Coming at the top? Because I did see this come up. Oh, and, then, and, you were like, and I was Megan? like, what is this? I didn't see that you posted it. Oh, I forgot it. that people do the Stitch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I thought what you were going to say, which I thought was really funny, is the comments of people being like, turns out I don't like anyone who even looks like Leah Michelle Because they <laughs> oh look my so much alike. <laughs> it's Leah Michelle and all of her subsidiaries. Not a fan. Okay. Just not a fan. So, yeah. And then I basically just, like, went on, like, to talk about just the responsibility of, like, having, like, a platform. And I really just really, really, really hate when people give themselves, like, as influencers this, like, I want to have... I want to be relatable. I want to have your respect. I want to have you like me and follow me and be a part of my life and swipe up on all of my links and support the projects that I do and engage with my content so I can get other brand deals. I want when I have like an airline cancel my flight and I tweet them, I want you to then go tweet the air. Like I want to be able to like rally you as an army behind the things that I care about big and small, but then doing like a sidestep for this. And I just think it's like so backwards and the biggest thing is how I feel and it's like and I did a whole TikTok about this like you curate your audience so when people are like well like how would you feel if people were like just pressuring like no one pressures me nobody like slides into my DMs being like you have to say something you have to say something where do you stand because I make it abundantly clear where I stand Mm -hmm. and like especially in 2020 I was like I don't want anyone to have to like deep dive and like do a background check see who I'm following and research me to know like, is this person care about my rights? Like, I don't want that. I, I want to make sure that, like, within, like, five fucking seconds, you can go to any of my platforms and being like, oh, this person, this person cares about me and, like, this person stands, like, aligns with what I align with. I don't want to make it fucking hard. And so when people, like, do this whole, like, well, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, if you have never in your life once talked about this publicly or thought about this, like, this is not an important topic to you. For then to you be like, I just really need a lot of time to process. First of all, we had the leak. Like, and the only thing that people are asking of you as an audience is like, people are like, oh, like, I'm not an activist. Like, I'm not, a- whoa, I didn't ask you to become an activist. Like, solidarity, knowing that like your followers are like, I want to know that the people who I'm following align with what I, my values. It's the same reason why like public, why companies need to publicly disclose who they've had political donations to. Mm-hmm. Like, you are an entity. Like, you you truly are. And it's, when when you need your followers to do something, you're family. But then when they want you to speak, like, they're strangers. And it's just, like, again, you curate your own audience. So curate your audience based on the viewpoints that you have. Right. And 
it's not like, I don't think that, like, I haven't done TikTok videos on like, here's like, re- like TikTok's not, A, it's not my primary platform. And it's also not the most like, can like, conducive in my content that I make on TikTok, which like, is just like, whatever, to like, do resources and links and stuff. So then Instagram, like, there's just all these different ways to do it. You don't have to be someone who's comfortable, like, getting on camera and talking. No one needs to, like, if you've had an abortion, no one needs to hear about the experience if you don't want to talk about it. Like, you just, like, can reshare graphics and this whole thing of being, like, you just want influencers, or not, I'm not saying you, like, to me, but as the the statement of people, like, people just want, like, influencers to be, like, performative. Like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm like, just don't be performative then. If it's part of your everyday life, how you move through the world, then it's not performative. Yeah. And they're like, we want me to say something disingenuous. I'm like, no, no, I want you to say something genuine. And it's like, well, damned if you're due, damned if you don't. No, that's not the case. Like, it's actually truly not. And if you don't have like strong enough moral convictions that like you wouldn't want those people to be following you and supporting you, like, I'm like, not to be like a holier than thou, but I'm like, you would take, that's like blood money to me. I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't fucking want that. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, no, no, thank you. Like, kindly see yourself out. But then she did the whole, like, and if you can't respect, like, me not talking on this, then, like, you're not what real fault. Like, you can just, like, leave. And I'm like, don't even, yeah, just don't say anything. That's the part. I'm like, or just don't, like, this took you so much effort to say that you're not going to say something or just don't say anything. Yeah, you could literally just post a still image of you with, I'm Mm pro-choice, I'm pro what I'm pro women's rights, whatever, and leave it there and then turn your comments off yep. if you wanted to. And that's the thing that I'm like, I completely understand people who are really, really big on TikTok who don't have the capacity to monitor their comments the same way that you can on Instagram or other things. So I'm like, turn your comments off. Like, that's totally fine. And then continue to share resources and stuff like on Instagram. But like, you don't have to like TikTok blows up. It's a lot of people who don't follow you who see those kinds of things. And so if you can talk about it in a way that like you feel you can get your point across, some people are better at writing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just write a post there. And if you can't monitor the comments to make sure that people aren't like spewing hate speech, then turn your comments off and move to a different platform. But like, it's just not hard. And then people are like, I'm like a really, I'm an influencer. I have a really big audience. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I've done this too. I've been doing this for much longer than you. What, 10 years? Mm-hmm. Like not to be a kind, like it's it's actually, actually not hard. But like if you are having like some confusion and difficulty, like my DMs are open. I am so all, I like, dude, I talk to people about that all the time. Like I'm like, oh yeah, here's something this, 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 and this, like this is how, whatever. But it's just, sorry you placated to an audience of bigots and now you have to like, like wrecking with that. Yeah. Or you play, you like did all of your shit to be like, here, welcome to like a pride makeup tutorial, like pride, 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 pride. Apparently she also like would hashtag like all the pride hashtags on all of her posts. Is she queer? And a lot of people asked and she did would block them or delete. And so, you know, when you position yourself to look like you are an ally or even just progressive, you intentionally misled your viewers. <coughs> Tinks. <coughs> okay. All right. So your hot take is that. My thing is, like, silence is complacency in these situations and specifically at, like, white women in this because we got ourselves into all this fucking mess. It's just, it's such a privileged fucking standpoint, especially because abortion access is not going to affect wealthy white women the most. And then just being like, I'm going to opt out. No, opt in. Like, opt in. There's a lot of people who, like, do not have the privilege of, like, purely just based on the way that they look or, like, how they present themselves, how they dress, like, whatever, don't actually have the privilege of, like, opting out of, like, some people's existence is perceived as, like, a political statement. Mm -hmm. So, like, opt in. Hurry the fuck up. Oh, gosh. So you're not wrong. Thank you. 
All right. So uh, mine, I had one picked out before all this happened, even though we knew it was coming. But I had one picked out and it was going to be email etiquette because mm. I'm annoyed with it. But then these emails came flooding in from other sources. And this might be a hot take, but Democrats, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most embarrassing <laughs> uncle I've ever had. I'm like, yes. Stop. So I was up that day at four o'clock for no reason. Um, As you wide are. awake. <laughs> wide, like I had already been asleep maybe for five hours. Woke up at four o'clock and was just awake. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. And so I saw... As it happened, I saw it happen. And this happens a lot when, like, big things go off. I'm, like, awake during it. Yeah, no, your body knows. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up. Chaos is ensuing. <laughs> so I was up. I saw it come in. I was like, oh, fuck. Seconds later, I get a text message from James Carville. <laughs> himself. <laughs> right, himself. And it said, okay, first I want to say that I understand why Democrats are doing this, like, on a basic level, it's because there's like 36 governor's races mm -hmm. that are like considered battleground this year. And so the Democrats, in their words, I don't even feel comfortable saying our words. No. I mean, it's our side, but it's not my words because I did not craft this. We have an opportunity to elect Democrats who will protect our rights and our democracy in critical battlegrounds across the country. Right. Like, you guys oh, can't yeah. see this, so but Megan was... is making a jerking off. <laughs> and rolling my eyes motion. Yeah. And so, yes, I get it. But also, like, I don't need a text message saying, breaking news, CNN, SCOTUS has officially ended Roe v. Wade. Please, friends, Not your add friend. your name next to Justice Sotomayor's if you believe reproductive health care is a fundamental right. When you click on this link that it tells you to go to, it says emergency deadline, 11.59 p.m. tonight. So I clicked on this on Friday. I clicked on it today. Same thing. It's says like a pretty the same little thing. thing sale. Yeah, it says the same thing at the top. Doesn't give a date. And then there's this huge that takes up half the page. The countdown for like three minutes trying to pressure you <laughs> into doing it. And it like turns red after one minute of being on there so like they're trying to pressure you to hurry up and do this like if you don't do this right now then something terrible is gonna happen yeah democracy is in your hands yeah like it's gonna end and it's also like everyone already knows what the majority wants this is not gonna do anything well are they also just then asking for money it gets there so then they add your name to this list mm -hmm. and then they just keep sending you emails asking for money after that I personally, I mean, I've donated money and then I've also removed my name from several lists, but I just keep getting random emails continuously, even though I continuously remove my name for these lists. Say stop on the text messages that come through. Here's the James Carville one that says, James Carville here, and I'm so damn angry. I can hardly type this message out to you, friend. They always say friend. The Supreme Court just officially overturned Roe v. Wade. So please join me and rush a donation in all caps right now to Senator, to, to Senator Cortez Masto. Urgently needs your help to protect the right to privacy and save the Senate majority before it's too late. Asking for more money. Then we've got... 
a message from President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, and they're calling on Democrats like you to help protect abortion access. Please add your name immediately to tell the Supreme Court to protect Roe v. Wade. Like, the Supreme Court knows where we stand. Yep. They don't give a fuck. Like, none of this matters. And then another email said... Or we can rise up and meet this once-in-a-generation moment and marshal a response so historic that we make every last anti-choice Republican regret what they've done. Please, Melissa, I've never needed your support more than now. Can you please chip in $15 so we can win these midterms and finally codify reproductive rights into state? And this is from Dr. Kermit Jones, who's running... In California's third district, which, okay, again, they keep sharing my email address to everything. Also, Roe v. Wade, like, was voted on January 27th, 1973. They've had almost 50 years to codify this. Do you think sending me an email in all red capitalized letters is going to make me feel like that you're actually doing your job. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you $15. $15. Yeah. Dr. Kermit, as as a doctor, I see patients during some of the most vulnerable moments of life. The fact is the deeply personal discussions about when and how to start a family should be between a patient and their physician, not the government. So is he asking you for donations for his campaign in the 3rd District of California? Uh-huh. Okay. We have Google, sir. I live in California, born and raised. I'm not giving my money to California. First of all, I'm not giving my money to politicians right now, but I am specifically not giving money to politicians in, in, California. in California, in states that are not true. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. And he also says in this email, the GOP has named me a top target because they need this seat to pass their abortion ban. I can't. You get the same emails as Mott's. Mott's, like, used to work for the... He, like, worked on the Hillary Clinton campaign. And so, like, he gets the ones that are, like, all caps. Like, the... I, like, will look at his email and, like, the the subject lines are, like, Mott's, if you do not help us, the world will implode. And I was like, dude, that's, like, pressure. They're they're fear-mongering people. They're praying... I feel like this is predatory. Yeah. I mean, you're essentially just passing my email and phone numbers Mm -hmm. around to different... Things that I did not, I mean, I pro- it was probably in whatever, when I donated money, it was yeah. probably in, you know, yeah, but- we're going to. But like, this is just ridiculous. This actually does nothing to me, but just make me angry and frustrated because I see that you're begging for money, but not doing the things that you say that you're going to do. Yeah, no, I saw this TikTok from a guy who, it was great. They were basically like, all of these like fundraising things, the reason why they haven't codified it is because they can count that liberals will go to the polls if abortion is on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And so they're not going to codify it because it's how they win elections. It is like how they get. And also, I'm just like, first of all, think higher of us, Democrats. Like there, we can't actually move forward because all we're doing is trying to not regress backwards. And it's just frustrating to your constituents because you're not doing the job that you said you were going to do. No, and like now you're so panicked that you're like, give me $15. I'm like, where were you three months ago? Right. Where were you? Like, what What the fuck have you been doing? Like, and like, I get it. Like when people are like, Biden can just like reverse this right now. He can't, no. And like, there's, an, there, there's the issue without having the majority. But like, the thing is, is like over the last 50 years, we have had opportunities mm-hmm. to codify this. And also, simultaneously, we have had even more opportunities 
to to not get to where we are. Like this is an avoidable place. Like it's not unprecedented, but it was a it's avoidable. And this whole thing now of being like, oh my gosh, I am so surprised. I need fifteen dollars. Otherwise, they're coming for California. It's like no, no. Like admit that. Like I know politicians can't like admit that. Like you know what, this was a mistake. Like we fucked up, and like you have to do that after your term's over. Like uh, I.E. Obama. But like. no just like fuck off with this shit right fuck off but also it's like stop being scared of the republicans just do your fucking if you want to ignite your base do your fucking job and stop being scared and saying well we can't do this because then when republicans are in power then they'll do this this and this they're gonna do it anyway Mm -hmm. they they have a majority in the supreme court but they don't have majority anywhere else like they're good, they're just going to keep pushing their agenda. So stop being fucking scared of them and do your goddamn job and ignite your base. So then when you're doing your job, you're going to get more people excited to get out and vote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be like literally so unreliable and untrustworthy. Like what you're doing is losing the voting base mm-hmm. because people are like, well, they don't actually ever do anything. Like the Republicans are never going to play nice with you. Right. So like, don't be like, oh, we have to do these handshake things. Like I have, we have to like make nice. So they, get- no, 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 stop. They're never going to do that. Like you look so stupid. Like they will fuck you over, over and over again. And they have. So stop, play dirty. They go low, we, we go, go lower. lower. I love you, Michelle, but like- I think Michelle would agree with us at this point. Michelle was speaking as someone who was not a politician. No. And uh, 2016. No, 2014. It's a different time. No. It's a different time. I think Michelle would be like, get in the fucking trenches. (sighs) Okay. Yep. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. My hot take is Democrats, stop sending these fucking emails and text messages and phone calls and just do your fucking job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you are not wrong. <sighs> Thank you. So shall we take a break? Yeah. Well, cool down. <laughs> Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like... 
elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there. And it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah. I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy delicious shake and they also have three tins four shake flavor starter kit which lets you sample all the flavors for only nine dollars Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like... <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly 
when we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. back from our break and now it's time for but are you wrong segment um which is where you listeners write in and tell us what's happening in your life and we decide if you're the hero or the villain so if you want to send a submission email it to but am i wrong pod at gmail.com and we ask that you keep it under 300 words use pseudonyms don't use like initials or numbers for talking about people let us know your pronouns if you want and just give us like ages of people involved, the details that can actually help us give the uh, best verdict. So my partner and I moved into a ground floor unit that shares a common outdoor area with an upstairs neighbor. In March, my parents gave me Selby, the family dog, to care for. He is 15 years old aw, and he has health issues for which my parents can't provide care. Selby is an indoor dog. We walk him at least once a day with these lasting at least 30 minutes as recommended for elderly dogs. Since moving in, we've had to deal with two types of barking, continuous barking at night and when he's left home alone, which is rare. Single or bursts of barking lasting less than five seconds when he's in the common outdoor area and wants to come back inside, when he's excited to go on a walk and when we have unexpected guests. In April, our upstairs neighbor indicated that Selby's barking was causing distress to his elderly mother. At this time, Selby's night barks had resolved as he had adjusted to the new environment, but we learned about his home alone barks. We got him an anti-anxiety collar to fix this, in parentheses, confirmed by recording him. We were also preventing his excited walk barks by carrying him outside before putting his lead on. Despite this, our neighbor still says that Selby's barking, quote-unquote, mostly when he's outside, causes distress. He wants us to use a shock collar to prevent all barking. We've purchased a citronella spray collar as a more humane alternative, but haven't used it yet because we think it's unreasonable to completely stop a dog from barking. Selby doesn't bark enough to be considered a nuisance under our council laws, but his often single barks are reportedly enough to startle and increase my neighbor's mother's anxiety and stress. Am I wrong for not wanting to stop Selby from barking altogether? Oof. I don't think 
So I think that this is kind of one of those things that is similar to just like any sort of neighbor thing. Like it's just something that happens. And like, it's like having kids around where I think if you're building unit like area like lets you have pets the same way with like places that are kids can live there I think it's up to someone who doesn't want dogs around or doesn't want kids around to not be in a place where that is like that that it it is kind of just like par for the course because let's say like you move out someone else could, could move in and also has like a dog that barks a lot or like someone could have construction across the street that's like really loud and startling and those things definitely suck but I think if you're having like a camera to know that it's hardly ever happening I think you can't avoid it the same way you can't avoid sirens you know disagree I had a neighbor a few years ago when I lived in this condo and it was elderly neighbors and it's a woman and a man and they were both elderly, but the woman had high anxiety and I think she had suffered a stroke at one point. And anytime there was any, like my neighbor, well, they, their dog was barking all, like it was all the time. It was a nuisance for everyone. Mm -hmm. But I would pass by the condo and I could hear the woman just like moaning and howling because it was so distressing to her. Yeah. And to the point where like it like one time I like called 911 because it was just terrible. And like they had to break down the door and she was on the ground because it it, it affected her so much. Oh, God. And so. Is that single barking or like. Conti- like it was like a bark here and, and yeah. now. And so I've never heard. I mean, not that I'm not like disputed. mm -hmm. Yeah, I've just that's wild. And so it's just like if if the neighbors were used to maybe they can't live somewhere where they're. Yeah, they're in an area where, you know, a single unit home Mm -hmm. may be too or, or too expensive or they've lived in this place for so long that this is a comfort for his mother Mm -hmm. and for the neighbor's mother and bringing in anything that's like an outside thing that hasn't been there in the mm-hmm. length that they've been there and it's just distressing for the mother so I can understand yeah. where they're coming from do I think bark dogs should not bark at all no yeah but I understand where they're coming oh, from yeah no I, I I could told I mean I am very sensitive to noises in general I mean, we had gardeners come and I didn't know they were coming and I like had a full mental breakdown, like crying on our floors. Like, I totally understand that. But like even older age, I can also assume that like is far worse and Mm -hmm. a different experience. But I also don't think that like the solution is a shock collar because that's like not like humane. Also, not to be an asshole, like I don't have a dog, but I'm pretty sure you have to walk a dog more than once a day. It depends on the dog. Like, if okay. it's, this is an old dog, like, it's 15 years old and it has okay. a lot of health. Okay, okay. You're probably, yeah. But I, it's also, like, the writer, like, this was a dog that belonged to their family, too. And then they took the dog in because their family could mm-hmm. no longer take care of it. And it's just, like, it's, the writer is also in a situation where they can't provide the best care for the dog either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, I, I think that, like, maybe it's, like, having a conversation with, like, the neighbor to be, like, we're going to be trying this like or but also like how much are you like leaving the house like because I think at that point like if you can't if you know that this is like happening then your dog shouldn't be left at the house alone yeah point blank period so like when you leave the house 
the dog needs to come with you. And so then the only times that there are those barkings, it's like when he's excited to go on a walk or when you have like an unexpected guest, like that is something that it's like, okay, I think if you can take down the barking, like as much as possible, like if you can eliminate almost all of the instances and you're saying that like, oh, like we avoid the barking for excited to go out because now we carry him out before we put like, like there's, there are those solutions, but if it's one of those things like, well, we have to leave the dog in the apartment alone, then I agree. I think that like your parents weren't, they weren't the best people to care for the dog in its old age. And then I would say that then you would not be the best person to care for the dog purely based on like the location based on that. And I would also think that even if this woman wasn't complaining about that, like, I think if you leave a dog at home for a vast majority of the day and the dog is barking because of that and is like in distress, you shouldn't have a dog. You shouldn't leave. You shouldn't, that dog shouldn't be alone because there are some dogs who can just chill Mm -hmm. and like, they're totally fine. And then there are ones who bark all day when you're gone or for like a long period of time. Mm -hmm. And that is a nuisance to like absolutely everybody. But yeah, I don't think you're wrong about not wanting to use a shock collar, but I think that that's not the only option. And, you know, you still haven't used the citronella spray collar. Like I think that you should be around for all the barking and then address how to minimize all that barking when you're there. But if you're not there and there's barking, like that's like a... I think that's just like a next level of yeah. like not fair to like the dog either. It's not fair to the dog and it's not fair to the people in the other unit. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next one. Hi, Eminem. I'm 23 years old and I just lost my grandfather, my father's dad. I live in a different state with my husband and I would have to take some days off from work to go to his funeral. My boss, he, him said, quote, I can't get the time off because it's a holiday weekend, end quote. The holiday is 4th of July. After explaining it's for a funeral, he continues to say, nope, we need her to work. Now, keep in mind, I already had the okay to go and bought my tickets. I've made the decision to still go, even knowing that I could lose my job for this. When I was explaining the situation to a friend, she said I was being unreasonable because I've complained about not having enough hours, but then just leaving for six days. She said it's rude and unprofessional. So am I wrong for going to my grandfather's funeral after being told I couldn't go? No, absolutely not. I fucking hate this capitalist society that we live in. You're not wrong. Like you not only do you need time off to go to your grandfather's funeral, but also to grieve Mm -hmm. and then also be around your family who's also grieving. Mm -hmm. And so for your friend to say that you're wrong because you're taking off six days and then also for your boss to say after it's been okay for you to take off, even if it wasn't okay, like. If you need to go to a funeral, you need to go to a funeral, point blank. Everyone is wrong in this situation except for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sorry for your loss. I'm sorry that you're going through this. I'm sorry that you have a friend that's a jackass that is not there to support you, calls you unprofessional for not going to work for a funeral. I don't think you would be the best employee if you went to work while you were grieving your grandfather. And grief doesn't, you know, it's going to last longer than six days, but at least you have some time to say goodbye. Mm -hmm. Your boss is an asshole. So fuck 
all of them, please find a new friend. Mm-hmm. And then if you can, find a new job. Yeah. I mean, I don't work in a corporate I work for myself for the vast majority of time. So, like, I don't have to request for time off. But I think that you are informing someone that you're taking time off instead of asking. Like, I think that's how it, it don't, it's not how it goes, but I think that's how it should be. That it's like, hey, I am not going to be able to make, depending on how like much time in advance you give, but being like, hey, I'm not going to be here for these days. Plan accordingly. Right. It happens all the time for me as a small business owner. I have workers that are like, hey, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, and Z during this weekend. And like, okay, thank you for telling me. I pick up the slack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I saw a post on Reddit where someone had said that uh, they got denied work off five months in advance for their wedding. And they were like, well, I'm not going to (laughs) go to work. Like I, it's my wedding. I gave you five months. And they said, it's like the weekend, the wedding I think was last weekend or something. And I saw this like a week or weddings this weekend because I saw that this week they're like, I literally supposed to work this weekend. And I told them five months ago. It's yeah. No, 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 no. Not wrong at all. Yeah, you're not wrong. And your friend sounds like a slave to capitalism. Couldn't be me. Embarrassed. (laughs) (laughs) I bet she also follows Elon Musk on Twitter. (sighs) Okay, so um, Rachel of the Week, also known as But Are They Wrong, is where we nominate current events, pop culture, something that's happening right now. And um, we do it because they're the woke, the absolute worst of all time. And I think it's no surprise that, you know, it's an overarching thing. I would love to nominate the uh, Supreme Court. I would love to nominate just the fact that Roe v. Wade has been overturned and everybody who is celebrating this and um, rejoicing uh, of states' rights with zero irony of recognizing that the last time that people were fighting over states' rights were, quote-unquote, states' rights, uh, were the states' rights to slavery. And it is... It feel I've never seen Black Mirror, but it does feel like a Black Mirror episode. And yeah, I would also, as a white woman, would also like to nominate white women in on my side on, who are liberal, who are pro-choice, who started this fucking trend. And I only saw this because I saw someone stitch it. I oh, just I already know. What desperately you're say. don't want anyone to know this. This did not come across my for you when somebody comes across your for you page and you're like, oh god. And it was like, oh, this is this is not this is a stitch. It was a duet. Um, That's why you got to put up the top. I know you're right, right? Because I do panic when I see those. This trend has started. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's just people being like. And you thought, it's like a movie trailer, and you thought the protests last year were bad. And it's just like all these white women like cracking their knuckles, being like, you haven't seen anything yet. Like you thought BLM was, and it was just like, oh my God. It's just so embarrassing. And I'm just absolutely hating, 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 hating it. And lots of people who are making TikToks being like, we need black women. Where are the black women in this fight? And I'm like, mm, uh, created it, have up- upheld it, have done more than any of us have done. And uh, all we have done is uh, voted, not me, but and I'm, I'm not trying to other myself, but I don't want this to get spliced. I voted for Trump, like 55% of white women voted for Trump. Like, so that's the other part that it's like one of those things that I'm so 
angry and so mad at the people who have stripped away our rights. And then I'm also so angry and so mad at people who are celebrating that. And then I'm also angry and mad at people who are like on our, like on my, our side with this, who are just going about this in a way that is so like harmful Mm -hmm. and just false, incorrect, just bad. And, you know, the Republicans are right about one thing. Like we do not have a unifying voice. And that's like abundantly clear in the same way that like we don't necessarily want to associate ourselves with Democrats. Like that's like, yeah. And so I'm just mad about it all. And I just I hate it. I also hate people who are in states who aren't affected by this, who feel like they need to give like the precursor words to anything. Like I'm just so thankful that like I am not in one of those states right now. And they're just I don't know. I don't think it's a hard thing to talk about um, without being offensive and it just seems like maybe it's not right so mine is hypocritical republicans and so it's all under Mm -hmm. the same thing that you said so number one i'm nominating jean lugo who um was a is a police officer who's also running for senate well he was running for senate and he went out and punched a lady, Jennifer Rourke, who is also running for Senate, who's running against him. Oh my God. And so this happened in Rhode Island. Like I said, he's been running for Senate. Oh, I guess I should say allegedly punch, but it's on video. <laughs> you can see it. He got arrested. He's no longer running for Senate. And this came minutes after the Supreme Court ruling and so she was out at a protest, and mm-hmm. so he just walked up and punched her in the face. Wow. And so she tweeted, I'm a reproductive rights organizer and state Senate candidate. Last night after speaking at our row rally, my Republican opponent, a police officer, violently attacked me. This is what it is to be a Black run- woman running for office. I won't give up. So that's number one. Number two is everyone saying that this is what our founding fathers would have wanted. (laughs) First of all, I don't trust white men. I don't trust white men that enslaved my ancestors. Second, let's just stop trying to interpret what dead people would have wanted. Because, like, the people that are here now, Mm -hmm. this is not what the majority wants. And then third, a new source that I trust a lot in PR, put up an article that said that Benjamin Franklin, one of our founding fathers, released a book about how to have at-home abortions in the 1700s. <laughs> so if you are actually one of these people that care what our founding fathers would have wanted, that's what Ben Franklin wanted. He wanted abortions. Mm-hmm. Well, also, why, whenever in our lives have we been like, I want to listen to a group of 23-year-old white men, right. like tw- age, age 23, like they're like 23, 25. Like some of them are so fucking, we're so fucking young mm-hmm. when that was, I'm, I'm so sorry. Right. I wouldn't even trust, I don't trust them to get me a drink. You think I trust them with my fucking rights? No. No. And then my number three is Scott, I'm probably pronouncing his name, last name wrong. Des Jarles, he is a Tennessee Republican senator and he has been since 2011. On Father's Day, he tweeted, happy Father's Day to all the dads. And TN04, I guess that's his district. I'm beyond proud of my kids and grateful to get to be part of their journey. His kids, he's also, quote unquote, 
pro-life. Since his ruling, he, he's been real quiet. Hasn't said anything. Mm-hmm. And you want to know why? Mm, I do. I do. I do know why. So in October 2012, the Huffington Post obtained a transcript of a 2000 phone conversation that he had where he had pressured his mistress to get an abortion. There it is. And then he repeatedly denied that this conversation <laughs> ever happened. But then in October of that year, he wrote to his supporters, the media wrongly reported that I recorded this conversation myself. I was recorded unknowingly and without my consent. And then nine days before that election, a second woman said that she'd begin dating him Oh, he's a doctor as well. So oh, he, nice. she was his patient. Oh, nice. Yeah. And Double so whammy. she alleged that the two smoked weed together and he prescribed her opioids. What the? F- yeah. Uh, Medical malpractice. And then two weeks before he won the 2012 election in Tennessee, there was a full transcript of his divorce. And the transcript revealed that he admitted under oath to at least six sexual relationships with people that he came in contact with while he was chief of staff at the hospital that he worked with. And among them were three co-workers and two patients and a drug representative. And the transcript also revealed that his wife had two abortions and that he admitted under oath that he and his wife had recorded the phone conversations with the mistress. He and so, why aren't you talking? Hypocrites. They're all, all fucking hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's not about abortion. It's about controlling. Right. It's about controlling bodies. And mm, you saw the post that, um, what is her name? I want to say LSD, but it, that's the drug. She's like a socialite, I guess. I, I recognized her from like a TikTok that I saw. Lauren Santo Domingo, who said, Ivanka Trump, you are noticeably quiet today. The high school friends took you to get an abortion or not. When they go low, we go lower. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. Nobody is shaming anyone. People are saying that, like, Lauren Bobart, like, about how she, how she had had an abortion. And, like, people were, like, you can't use people's abortions against them. Ooh, let's unpack that, that you think abortions are bad. Right. Like, if you internalize and thinking that imbo- abortions are bad, you need to unlearn that. Mm-hmm. The thing, nobody is shaming any of this. I think I'm glad they were all able to have access to get an abortion. I'm glad they had an abortion. I'm glad they had the choice to do that. Fuck yeah, abortion. Love abortion. So happy about abortions. But it's then when you do not want to uh, allot the same opportunities for the mass constituents and you want to be a massive fucking hypocrite and you want to be able to benefit from something that you can personally recognize has helped your life and was the right choice for you, but you want to take away other people's choices. Mm -hmm. Nope. You don't get to do that. You do not get to do that at all. Oh, the last, my last little mini Rachel of the week in this situation. Companies and organizations that are definitely not as bad as the DNC for doing this, but using this as like a marketing ploy, like all of the fucking period tracker apps who are being like, we're not like other apps, like we're secure. And then they bank on you not reading the fine print to like realize that they're not. And it's just all these companies coming in with... Like, we're not like other companies. Like, you can trust us. We're not one of the bad guys. I'm like, this is not how we should be going. And it's the same thing that happens all the time. People are just trying to sell sweatshirts with profits that go here. We're doing this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. When in reality, what we should be doing 
is our funds should be going to local donating to local abortion funds. We will include links in the description. Like I've posted them. I have an entire highlight on my Instagram story, but we don't need to sell products to fix this or to like deal with this. And this kind of like capitalism complacency is just really weird to me. And I really hate that. And these seeing this as like a marketing opportunity to sell your product is like in really poor taste because capitalism, capitalism, which again, I'm like in other cases, I'm like, whatever, do your job, get what you need to do. Like, I understand like not everybody, your employees were like, we live in a capitalist like world society. Yeah. Go do your nine to five, like do your job, pay your bills. But it's, it's praying on mm -hmm, your consumers. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't do it. Wow. (laughs) I'm tired. Me too. This shit gets me heated. So uh, not that it needs to be said, but I I feel like everyone knows we are so pro-choice. I'm also incredibly (laughs) pro-abortion. What if we went this whole episode saying everything that we just said and was like, like, I'm not even going to say it, but just imagine it because I don't want anybody to take anything we say out of context. I know. Like, (laughs) can you, like, I think about that a lot when people are like, well, what do you want? Like people to say blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm sorry. If anyone, if I said the opposite, people will go, whoa, what the fuck? So we are very pro-choice. I'm also very pro-abortion. I think abortion is wonderful. I think it's great. I think it's like a medical marvel. Like, I think it's something that, like, is fantastic and has been around for centuries since literally the dawn of time. And it's medicine and it's life-saving and it can be as serious and as unimportant. Like, your own personal abortion can be as, like, monumental or as mundane as you as your experience is and I just ugh, this is not going to stop abortions it's just going to stop safe abortions and it's going to disproportionately harm black women and other women of color but specifically black women and it's a thing that affects absolutely everyone like it's not just a women's issue Mm -hmm. it's anyone who has a uterus but it is important to state that statistically Black women will be the most affected by this, especially in trigger law states. And if you are not in the U.S., I get a lot of questions about how people can, like, donate. You can still donate to local abortion funds. Like, when I say local, Planned Parenthood is, like, great, but Planned Parenthood has a lot of funding. Like, Mm -hmm. a lot of funding. And a lot of corporations partner with Planned Parenthood to do a lot of funding. But it's about, like, local abortion funds in places in Texas, in places in Louisiana, places in Arkansas. Like, those were what I mean by local abortion funds. And again, I have like links and we will include them. So no matter where you are, if you have the means and you would like to donate to those funds, that would be great um, because those are the places who are able to organize safe abortions for people in states where they don't have access to them. And the other PSA I will give is make sure that you are not accepting rides, accepting housing or anything from places online, just like random like Facebook posts or things like even in you our, never know. Yeah, you never know. And there's a lot of like sponsored Google ads for places like you really have to vet this. And I hate putting like the responsibility of the person who is in a crisis and especially like a timely fucking crisis to get an abortion. But a lot of Google ads are not real abortion clinics and they are pro forced birth. Mm-hmm. And then you they've advertised to make you think something that they're not. And so it's really important to go through these very, very, very well-vetted organizations who will put you in contact and facilitate things at uh, a much more, like, local level for you. But it sucks to say that you, like, can't trust 
all these other people, you, but you can't. Um, but these other organizations have been working for a really long time and you might not have heard about them because they work really under the radar and that's they the point. They have to because the, if they don't, there's other organizations that pretend that they're mm-hmm. these organizations and they will like, you can show up to that place and they will scare the shit. They'll like bring you in, make you feel comfortable and then scare the shit out of you yep. to make you not no longer want to have the abortion. And so it's and just fear mongering. And they'll take your address and they'll mm-hmm. show up at your house every single day. They won't stop calling you. And that's how a lot of people, even when abortion wasn't illegal in places. That's how a lot of people ended up not getting abortions and then being forced to put their kids up for adoption because they were literally stalked Mm -hmm. every single day by people and knocking on their doors incessantly. And it's, you get to a point of like, that's traumatizing. And so you react in a way that doesn't necessarily align with your views, but it's similar to police interrogation. So yeah, I hate the putting the responsibility of doing all of this vetting, but there's a lot of places that have done that vetting for you to then use those links. Yeah. So just to end on just a, a small high note, yeah, just a little <laughs> small high note. I was going to say, is Malala doing something this week? Because I feel like Malala's been in the thick She's of it. She's going to be in the thick of it. This is more so in the same vein, but uh-huh. in Louisiana, a judge did block the abortion ban amid the uproar. So it's a temporary block, but it does show that some people are mm-hmm. still doing what's right. Yeah. Yeah. The the comforting thing I have found in, for me in this is that this w- is not unprecedented. And there are, despite what the DNC is telling us that they need our $15 or nothing will change, there are organizations who have been preparing for this and working, prepping for this to happen and then having plans in place for like ha- who to contact, what things to do in that and like knowing that you know, we still have work to do, but there are people who like, this is their entire life. This is their whole job. And they, we have experts. Like we're not like, it can feel really isolating and alone. And I'm sure to people who are in homes where people are celebrating this, especially in states where this is trigger law states. Um, But knowing that regardless of like where you are, there are organizations of people who have worked at this for so long that they're not gonna, nobody's gonna just take this laying down. Well, I mean, I think that is a happy note to end on. No no shame in anyone who needs a little bit of escapism. Mm-hmm. Uh, might I recommend MTV's show, Are You the One?, which I finally got Mots to watch because we were we have been watching Love Island, but we're not binging Love Island. We're keeping up with it. So we need something when we finish the episodes of Love Island each week. So we started watching Are You the One? And I told him, I was like, imagine if Love Island was like American and like, so unhinged like I'm pretty sure they give all of the contestants like Molly like there's it's it is they're just so sweaty allegedly allegedly like allegedly and so we watched it and it's impossible to think about the state of the world when you are watching it yeah anyways all right okay well we hope you enjoyed this episode if you would like to leave a review please do we really appreciate it and we will circle back next week bye bye but Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.